Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 306, and today we'll be talking about Small from Mau Mau, Heroes of Pure Heart. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So I, I don't know if anybody knew this, but Mau Mau has the moves. Mau Mau is ultra impressive in this episode because he has to be, because this episode introduces us and simultaneously mm, redeems, maybe not quite redeems, Mau Mau's father. This was a whole arc of a thing, and it had been built up very little. So it was very surprising and somewhat moving, and obviously a huge display of Mau Mau's prowess. I mean, the dude chops the best-looking monster we've seen in this show in in literal half with some brand-new moves yes. we've also never seen him use. With a with glow his, stick. Uh, glow stick, right. His father calls his... Sword Geraldine, a glow stick. Okay, well, technically, this episode was aired out of order. This one actually should come after Weapon of Choice, where Geraldine's powers were first displayed. Either that, or Badgerclops and Adorabat took some amnesiacs to forget about having seen this move when they choose to mock Geraldine later. Right, that, I didn't know about that episode ordering, that's very interesting. A detail I noticed because I've now watched all of Mau Mau is the cobbler, how 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 uh, Shin yes. rejects eating it in this episode. You know, big, big lore hints for later. I love that. that. That's a quality specific to Mau Mau that it refuses. This is about as this episode is about as serious as Mau Mau gets. Oh, yeah. They don't get any more serious than this one. But it it lore wise. They do build a world and, and lore, but it's purposefully goofy, but not so... It, it, it's, a certain, it's a certain level of goofy. Like, the cobbler, it's a thing. I mean, it's a real thing. It has a real impact on Mamo's struggle with his identity. Uh, and, you know, it's set up here is just a little detail, but it's just funny because, yeah. you know, in Steven Universe, I'd be like, hey, what's that fusion statue doing at the bottom of Homeworld? And here I'm like, oh, cobbler <laughs> is banned in the, in the Mao family. Whoa! <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, it's like, people talk about everything in Steven Universe being foreshadowing. Everything in Mau Mau is foreshadowing, baby. There, I mean, yeah, it is it is happening. And I am excited to see more of it now. You know, I can't believe I'm being rewarded for re-watching this. But the comedy's good. This episode, though, not hard on the comedy. Mostly, really, just being kind of ticked off, right? At, at Shin, I feel like, is the general feeling you're supposed to have. Oh yeah, I mean, Shin definitely deserves, uh, let's say much, much of the unnice things people say about him, but he becomes more of a tragic figure once you look at why he's such a jerk. Yes, which, the, this is, uh, definitely the best, well, your theory's been, been vetted, I think, by the creator, essentially. Yeah, he gave me a thumbs up. So, yeah, I, there's definitely a whole YouTube video about that, I don't, I don't know if we want to re-go through the details, but uh, definitely definitely worth a watch. I'll summarize it for everybody really quick. Shin Mao feels like he's a fraud, and he kind of feels really uncomfortable watching Mao Mao try so hard when, you know, like, he knows he could never be anything without his own power armor, so he feels that, you know, Mao Mao will never be anything without power armor, and he doesn't think Mao Mao should use the power armor because the power armor doesn't make him feel any better. He wants Mao Mao to do something else with his life. We do get hints of that sympathy. The fact that Shin has apparently been telling Mao Mao, despite how dismissive he looks in this episode, 
That phrase, there is no shame in being small, is something Mao Mao claims his father has told him many times in his life, which I thought was super weird when I when I watched initially because I was like, but this dude's a jerk all the rest of the time. But you can see how much of it is his own insecurity projecting onto his son and almost that he is trying to direct and guide his son in a way. Um, it's It's different than like when I first watched it, this episode, I thought that he was more like a Bob Pataki character, right? From from Hey Arnold. That's uh, Helga's dismissive father, right? He, him and his wife are obsessed with the older daughter that they have who just does everything right. And they don't even remember Helga's name all the time, you know, which again, <laughs> like this episode, you know, because Shin can't Mumu seemingly remember his own son's name, which to be fair is a ridiculous name as Badgerclop, you know, finally finds out that Mamao's name is fully Mamamao. Wow. Um, but, 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 so Bob Pataki, though, is not, there's no, there's no plan. He's just a bad father. And Shin, he is parenting wrong, but he, he does care about something. <laughs> Bob Pataki cares about selling beepers. That's my roast on Bob Pataki. Glad I got to take that little, uh, opportunity to talk about Hey Arnold. Someday we'll talk about Hey Arnold. I always want to. <laughs> Shin Mao, though, you know, there you go. He's not, but he's not completely dismissive of Mao Mao's actions, which is the important thing. Again, I, I mentioned earlier that uh, we, we were talking about the foreshadowing just recently, but he foreshadowed the king having his wig. You know, he noticed it when Mao Mao couldn't. Yeah, I mean, he just, boom. He just immediately recognizes it. I mean, this guy has a lot of heroic experience. He may feel like he's a fraud, but he's like, he's been all everywhere. He's done everything. But again, like the Steven Universe, everything's foreshadowing, everything's a lore drop. It's just that moment is exactly like when Jasper shows up for the first time and says, you know, oh, look at this defective pearl and this, you know, I don't even remember what he calls Amethyst, just some like runt and this shameless display. Yep. Over <laughs> this overcooked runt. <laughs> right. And then, you know, but here we have just casually mentioning that the king has a wig, which there's a, a whole episode about that that's still. I'm not sure what the gravity or the reason for it is. I don't understand why vanity, that's a thing David. in this show. It's vanity. I, right. I, there's so much more to the king that I need in order for me to care why I even care about him, but okay. But I love it. I love that this episode carries all those little things. Plus, we get like a cool legendary Pokemon. I, I want to say that the <laughs> monster designs in this show always, you know, it tries to elevate they're not goofy like the uh, Sweetie Pies, right? They try to give off some level of threat. I'll say there is one cooler monster than this that is uh, very near the end of season one that I will be excited to talk about. But this one's pretty cool. I mean, the like shadowy head. And I mean, I'll, I just kept thinking, though, like this, like, I don't know who if there's another character designer on the show, if this was made by Parker Simmons himself. But I was thinking you could help Nintendo design Pokemon. This oh, yeah. Is legit. Yeah, this guy definitely should have been on the cover of Pokemon Moon. I think that would have been a win. <laughs> well, yeah, what was that one? Just like some weird bat thing? Yeah. Yeah, it looks... This guy would look much cooler. But oh, the, the battle music for that fight was amazing. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Mint Potion. Uh, doing, doing something other than the... Uh, hilarious but very much overused uh i can i even do it right that dun, 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 that we hear all the time very softly in the background of mamao episodes it's always nice to hear them uh go a little insane with the with the guitar so 
I mean, I just love when it throws him up into the air, then he sees the attack coming, and he, you know, parries several times. Oh, it's great stuff. Yeah, I uh have this interesting... The, the fact that Mau Mau strikes stuff with his sword a lot in this show, and it doesn't always cut things. It's just like like a cut visual thing happens, right? It looks like he's slashing something. But finally, in this but episode, this fight, it. this sword... Right, this sword, he really actually cuts through all of the armor plating on the monster and then again, you know, actually chops it in half. I just think that's great that his sword actually does what swords do for once. You're tired of his sword being a blunt object? Right, like just cut something, you know? And he does. He 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 does. <laughs> My note just I'm just looking at the thing I wrote which is just he chopped the thing in effing half <laughs> because it was awesome. <laughs> Uh, I mean, this fight actually feels long, and I think in a good way. It, it does have a significant portion of the episode, but, I mean, ooh, it, it feels like it takes up half of the episode. And like I said, ooh, in all the best ways. Right, they actually invest a little bit in all, a little bit of fight choreography. Gotta make Mau Mau look cool. And I didn't realize this the first time I watched this. It's supposed to look like Shin is getting decapitated, I guess. By the monster. Yes. That's what you're supposed to be like. That's why Badger Clops is like, oh no, because <laughs> it, it it looks yeah. like his head's popping off. And I didn't really realize that. I, I don't know if I was just expecting, oh yeah, of course, that's just a small cat in a giant suit or, or what. But um, then I realized what it was supposed to look like. And I'm like, oh, that could be damaging to a child for a few seconds there <laughs> before you find out. I think Adorabat was already thoroughly damaged before she met Mau Mau and Badger Clops. <laughs> I mean, well, she has a bone collection. <laughs> That's disturbing. You know, <laughs> Adorabat scares uh, everyone else, right? She She's fine. I think she's fine internally. Maybe. She is the once and future queen. Maybe, maybe that's how Snugglemane became the king. He deposed Adorabat. I don't. I think Adorbat was uh, the ruler in the past, but like I feel like we've talked about before, who could replace that doofus? And uh, I think Adorbat ended up on the top of our list. And Adorbat is, of course, the ideal candidate. Yeah, yeah, it'll happen. The uh, the conversation with his mother at the beginning is great. You know, they they write it to make it sound like she's informing him that his father is dead. And no, no, it's just it's worse. Your father is coming to visit you. Man, that first impression, though, just immediately the way that he's so belittling. Oh, you know, let me open the door to this little dollhouse and just starts picking up everything. <laughs> just the perfect obnoxious, definitely the most obnoxious relative that never visits you. But even worse, that relative is your father. But the thing is, Mau Mau, you know, sometimes you have a parent like that, but you'd think, oh, I'm just expecting Mau Mau to be annoyed um, you know, right? Like this dude who never visits me is coming in and, and making fun of me. But Mau Mau only has deep admiration for him and, and, you know, actually wants to prove himself to him. So even when he's like making fun of him in his house, there's this level of that Mau Mau's trying to remain respectful and is, you know, he, he's actually feeling insulted. He does shout at his father a few times, though, so... Right, and I mean, obviously the big thing is he's it like... It takes a while to build up, though. Right, he's like, hey, I actually do like myself, and you, the one who's afraid of being embarrassed of me, and, you know, so those feelings are there. Yeah, Mamo hit it on the head right there. 
but he did at the same time experience a genuine desire to just have his dad be impressed with him. Oh yeah. I mean as uh, as Old Blue has been helping him work out. <laughs> yes. Old Blue. Maybe uh maybe a season 2 appearance for for that little guy. It took a while for the shark therapist to show up again in Summer Camp Island between the initial episode. So, you know, therapists always can come back. I'd love to meet man, Steven's therapy. We all needed to see that. We all needed to see Steven Universe's therapy sessions, and it's too bad that Steven Universe Future was only 20 episodes. That's the journey we really needed to see. Maybe her voice actress was booked up with another Rick and Morty recording session. Right. Scheduling conflicts, <laughs> you know how it is. It is my headcanon that that's his therapist. <laughs> She's just so straightforward. I don't know. The pickle know Rick what... lady. Who is the ideal therapist for Steven? I don't know. Definitely Mau Mau's therapist was the perfect one for him. Probably Old Blue. No, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's Steven's problem at that point, right? Like having Old Blue be not impressed with him fit very much in line with right with what this episode is about. Like Mau Mau wants to be impressive. He wants to be a legendary hero and it's tied to his feelings about his dad. Steven needs somebody huggable and you don't get much more huggable than a sweetie pie, so <laughs> I don't know. I think it would be a good fit. I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm just imagining Pinky showing up instead accidentally. <laughs> what good grief. that nightmare would be like. Think about, you know, yeah, there was a time where Uncle Grandpa was the worst possible thing that could have happened to Steven Universe. But imagine <laughs> if these shows had been more contemporaries with each other. And if that is what Steven had to experience was a was a crossover with Pinky. That that would be truly hell. I'm glad we avoided that. <laughs> I have no idea how Tanya Keys was in town to collect on Badgerclops' bounty, but Pinky apparently has no bounty on his own head. <laughs> yeah, that is unbelievable. I mean, I, I guess Shin wasn't wrong when he said that the kingdom was pretty small. I mean, it, it is confined to a single valley, so not very big. But in, a, in another important moment of foreshadowing, we do get to. Uh, you know, look at and talk about oh, again. Badger Cops talking about how warm he is. Well, yeah, the warmth <laughs> and not in a good way, but just the fact that they're even talking about the 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 ruby pure heart. Is that the is that the right word? And <laughs> the fact that Mau Mau cracked it, you know, just getting a reminder that Mau Mau should probably feel guilty about this thing later at some point, which uh, hasn't been yeah. happened in, in season one yet. Although, well, yeah, he hasn't felt guilty about it yet. The implications of it being cracked definitely are there, but... Um, yeah, moving forward. <laughs> so this episode definitely does a lot. It's actually crazy. There are those kind of three big quote-unquote lore pieces, plus the fact that it's his dad. But uh, it is crazy that then this isn't followed up again. We don't... Mamma's family has kept at such distance in this show, so this is really a startling amount of of family interaction for Mau Mau. I mean, Brunhilda, we know a name, and we, we even know which one Brunhilda is. Right, I mean, but, like, why? What is it building up to? I Maybe the next time we see Memo's family, it's just going to be a, you know, shock session again, where it's just like, they all show up. All seven of his sisters, or however many yeah. heckin' of them there are. It was five. Yeah, five. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to know what they do. I, I don't know, I, I think maybe they, they wanted to save some magic for season two. You're like, oh yeah, season one, that's the, that's the season where his sisters never show up. <laughs> right, maybe they'll be just non-stop annoying later on. 
It's very like Mau Mau has separated himself so much from his family, and we at least know a good reason for him to have been away from his father. Are the rest of his family members so bad? His mom seems okay from our incredibly limited experience with his talking to her without any problems. But we clearly he doesn't have any kind of relationship with his sisters where he keeps up with them, even though he has a house nope. phone since it was very dusty. <laughs> so I it can't imagine that his relationship is that good with them. But is it is it any deeper than they were always I was always in their shadow? You know, does he have any other personal beefs with them? Yeah, he probably remembers it as being much worse than they do. They probably <laughs> didn't have much to do with him, really. They probably mostly ignored him. Well, yeah, is it going to be a bow bow situation or, uh, you know, his ice cream giant monster story situation where it's an over-exaggeration? I think there is a little bit of a bow bow going on with his sisters because, you know, he, he remembers them laughing at him, but they're never actually looking at him in those flashbacks. It's like they're laughing. Right, they always watch Saturday morning cartoons and there was five of them. He could never see the TV. Their heads were always in the way. And he thought it was a morning ritual for them to laugh at him every every weekend. Must yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Parker Simmons would be nostalgic for Saturday morning cartoons. That sounds about right. You know, I just, that's my, my, big, my big theory for the show. I really have no idea what the direction of this show is. Everyone hit us with a like for Saturday morning cartoons. Hey, we might talk about some of those at some point. I don't know. Something Ken pitched uh, that I would like. And also... This is like a Saturday morning cartoon, and this episode was really as much of a departure from a Saturday morning cartoon as we can get, because again, this is about as sad and about as heartfelt as I think Mau Mau gets. We touched something a little a little closer with family one other time in this season, but I mean, yeah. this is this is pretty much it. And, you know, of course, they have to highlight that with Badger Clops and, and Adora Bat just crying it out at the end. No, I, I love uh, I love at the beginning when he walks past Badger Clops and Badger Clops is like, Hey, I feel sad now. And Oranga Snake is like, this guy's not even my dad, and I and I'm crushed by his disappointment. Yes, I'm. I love when they get put the the Sky Pirates get put in their place, and um, it's just he's always such a wimpy dude. But just getting insulted the name <laughs> the whole time. Boss Hostrich has Adora Bat like biting on his neck. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till we get to the episode. Well, there's a few great Oranga Snake moments, but I I am excited to talk about his backstory one. He is such a such a weird weird villain. We uh, we might hit fast forward a bit now that we're now that we've hit small, which I think is one of the most important episodes of the season, for sure. <laughs> My only other thing I have written down has nothing to do with Mama, which is Shin reminded me that my long-standing theory, and you know, it's my theory. No one else has ever had this theory. That uh, in Invader Zim, the tallest were actually not tall, and they were also just stretched out or somehow <laughs> also not actually tall. And that's that's what I was thinking here, and I was like, you know what, Mau Mau had the balls to just go ahead and out the, the dad in one episode. And meanwhile, I'll never know if the tallest are actually tall. But man, Shin would love living in, in Zim's world, at least up until before this episode happened. You know, maybe he yeah. feels differently about height now, but, um, you know, imagine... <laughs> all, all these people obsessed with height in TV shows. I'm not sure how Shin feels about snacks. That might be a deal breaker for him. <laughs> you know, he's all about the heroic lifestyle. That's true. I, the the tallest get away with too much uh, easy co- colonialism dictatoring. You know, he he wouldn't wouldn't be into that with with uh, the snacks, obviously. 
I mean, they're really just the patsies. The control brains are the ones who actually do everything. Yeah, there's oh the deep lore of Zim. That show. There's a deep lore in that show. That show ended far too soon. They really needed to keep Steve Russell on from what I understand. That's my understanding of the situation. There's always, um, well, you know, they did comics for years and those were always just goofy and never went, went in a specific direction, but that's, that's okay. That's not what Zim was about, but, um, yeah, that's the only thing I have to say about this episode left, which was not actually about this episode. So there you go. Anyway, guys, that's been us on small. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. 